Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are recording episode number 31. We're uh, working on the remote system again. Stan and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range podcast studio, and uh, Coach Don is calling in from the house. Thank our sponsor, Cleat It Up FP. Cleat It Up is the communication tool that we all need to use. It's a free app for your phone that will allow you to communicate player to player, coach to player across your organization. has a very good social media aspect to it. Just a great tool, and the feedback we keep getting is really, really strong. The people love using Cleat It Up, so check it out at cleatitup.com. Chad from Loganville sent me an email, and he basically wanted us to talk about who we think the greatest player we've ever seen is, and then also what the characteristics we observed in that player make us believe that she is so amazing. And so this is kind of an interesting question to me because there's been a lot of different discussions going on. We talked last week about the Seven Innings podcast did a tournament of the best college hitters of all time, and now they're doing one of the best college pitchers who also could hit. There's a lot of lists and things like that going around where people are you know, kind of taking a walk down memory lane. Uh, written a couple of blogs, one about uh, the greatest all-time list of players that I have coached, and then also the greatest players that I coached against. And it's always kind of fun to, to take that walk down memory lane. You and I have been around this for so long. You know, I started coaching so long ago that it's, it's hard to remember. Over the course of time, watching this great game grow and gain notoriety and all that stuff. And I think what we have is certainly going to be a little bit of a bias based on what our favorite era was or, or things like that. And, and before we get into it a little bit, you know, to answer Chad's question, you know, the individual player that each person looks at and thinks is the greatest player ever is going to obviously change each person's perspective. And I don't want to take anything away from all the amazing players that are playing the game now or that have played the game recently. But again, I started coaching in 1978, so you know, back in the earliest days of high school and college softball and as this game has grown, and, and there have been a bunch of amazing players, a bunch of Olympians, people that uh, really are the, uh, the cornerstones of this great game. But without a doubt, the greatest player I've ever seen, now I have not ever seen her from a coaching against her perspective because her career was done before I got into the college game, but the best player I've ever seen, player that I believe is the greatest player of all time. Tell a story, tell a story. Lisa Fernandez. Yeah. The UCLA legend, Olympic legend. The reason I believe that is really simple. Lisa Fernandez to me is the total package, was without a doubt one of the greatest pitchers that's ever lived and one of the greatest hitters. You know, so obviously the talent is part of what makes somebody great. Um, There's no question that talent is part of it. But you know, if we look at Lisa Fernandez physically in comparison to a lot of other athletes, she's not the most imposing physical specimen. She's not the biggest. She's not the strongest. To my way of thinking, she's the greatest player um, that this game has ever seen. And I think that depending upon who you talk to, you know, there's going to be some other people that they want to discuss and want to put up as potential candidates. But I'd, I'd say you know, that we can come up with a Mount Rushmore pretty easily of a couple of other great players. But to my way of thinking, the fact that Lisa Fernandez was such a dominating pitcher and such a great hitter at the highest possible level is why I would select her to be the greatest player I've ever seen or the greatest player that I, that I think this game has ever produced. Tori, I think that's a fantastic choice. And I believe that she also played third base when she wasn't pitching. She was yep. playing third base, and she was completely amazing at all of those. And compared to the group that she was competing against, she really just stood head and shoulders you know, ahead of everybody. I'm sure there was a lot of reasons for that. Well, and that's kind of what I wanted us to get into a little bit, because I think that uh, from a coaching perspective, 
traps that we all fall into. And one of the biggest traps that I think coaching presents is this uh, being in love with talent. And obviously talent is important. You know, Dick Vitale says it on the college basketball broadcast all the time that you can't win the Kentucky Derby with a mule. doesn't matter how hard you train. doesn't matter how hard the mule works. The mule's never going to win the Kentucky Derby. That, I think, is absolutely true. You have to have a, enough athletic ability, enough uh, talent to be able to develop it and to turn it into something special. But I think as coaches, we fall in love with talent. We fall in love with athletic ability, thinking that that's the most important thing. We all get on board with the idea that Lisa Fernandez might be the greatest player ever. I think you know she certainly is one of the, the greats of all time, but she's not one of the greatest athletes. You know, she's not one of the biggest, right. strongest kids. For coaches, well, the first thing we want you to think about in this discussion of what it takes to make a great player or the greatest player is talent is part of the equation, but it's certainly not, in my opinion, the most important thing. It's not the only ingredient, right? Right. Now, Don, you were telling us a story about a player from Canada, uh, Haley Wickenheiser, who really is more famous for being a hockey player than a softball player, but she was an Olympic athlete in both sports. And you had the good fortune of having some of your Kennesaw State players having been involved with the Canadian national team. Uh, they would uh, share stories with you about uh, Haley, who is probably without a doubt, wouldn't you say, the greatest women's hockey player maybe ever? Yeah, that's kind of an interesting story, Tori, for sure. And, uh, you know, she was very impactful in, in our players that, uh, you know, were at Kennesaw State. They had a chance to be around her a summer Olympic setting up in Canada. She was really noted for being, I think, even still probably the best women's hockey player in the world. She's played in four Winter Olympics and uh, was just a good enough athlete that uh, she was able to participate on the Canadian national team uh, softball program as well. They just raved about her dedication and how she was continually motivated every day. And she really inspired everybody around her be and do better. And I thought it was exciting to hear a few of the stories that, that they shared about, you know, their travels and rooming with her and, and watching how she went about her conditioning and, and how it was not just a sometimes thing, but it was an all the time thing. And, and that really, again, was very impactful or, or exciting for them to be around and be a part of. Yeah. When I think that, uh, um, that's a good example, and it kind of leads us into some of the characteristics that we're talking about trying to instill in our players and, and the kinds of things that we should be looking for um, when we're trying to, to create a really strong team and a really successful program. One of the first ones that you mentioned with Haley and, and certainly stories that uh, we've all heard about Lisa Fernandez is that they're just hardworking kids and that they're passionate about working hard, that they want to challenge themselves. I know doing a coaching clinic several years ago, Lisa Fernandez was one of the uh, speakers. I had a chance to visit with her just a little bit, and she would talk about some of the things that she was still doing in training. And this was well after her playing career was done, but she's still you know, working with her UCLA kids all the time and pitching batting practice on a regular basis. So still doing a lot of the same things to stay in shape and to keep her arm strong. And she was talking about being able to do long toss pitching. And, uh, you know How we've talked about doing long toss from a throwing perspective, you know, that yeah. she has the ability to still rear back and throw a pitch an underhand pitch, you know, a couple hundred feet so that she still has that work ethic and that commitment to, to working hard. So coaches, you know, we, we obviously we love talent, but let's also make sure that we're on top of uh, whatever talent level we have, uh, that we're finding players that are really hardworking, really want to develop their abilities and develop their skills. Because I think if we talk about um, anybody that any of us would recommend or suggest as our greatest player ever, a really strong work ethic, 
and a really good willingness to grind it out, even when it's hard or when it's challenging, is going to be a big part of that package. Another one that I think is really important and one that I think Lisa really exemplifies is passion and being passionate about the game and being passionate about competing. That usually makes it a lot more fun to do the work necessary to get there. If they have that passion, uh, Tori, they're comfortable and, and motivated to always do a little bit more. Definitely from my standpoint as a main ingredient, we'll talk to the kids about you know not being afraid to do too much, be afraid to not do enough. Right. And, and those kind of kids seem to make it. You never hear a player talking about, uh, you know, like after the big game or after the season and they're, they're wrapping it up going, you know, I wish I wouldn't have worked so hard. Right. I you took know? too many swings yeah. in the batting uh, cage. I wish I would have taken it a little bit easier because if I, you know, if I had not worked as hard, I would have had more success. So we know for sure there's a connection between that uh, work ethic and that passion. But one of the places where I think that we see passion, and again, I think that uh, Lisa's a good example of this, is that there's two different kinds of people. There's people that like to win, and there's people who hate to lose. I think, to me, the truly passionate people are the people that hate losing even more than they like winning. The commitment that they make, the, the drive that they have to be on the right side of the outcome, to do everything that they can, to, you know, to dig deeper when, when the going gets tough, to me, I think that's really an example of that passion. And it's not something that I think that there's a, a magic pill that you can just give a player and make them passionate and give them that passion and that will to do what it takes. But I think it's something that we want to start to encourage more of and really try to create situations where players can develop that passion, can, can develop that competitiveness so that they can uh, you know, have a chance to really fulfill that potential. Yeah, I think that's exciting, Tori, and I think you hit on something there, you know, for them to be in an environment where that can be inspired and created if they don't already have it is awesome. Occasionally, I can, with some of the young students that we get a chance to work with, you can look in their eyes and you can, you can see the intensity and the excitement and the, the drive that they've already got. It's, to me, very exciting to, to watch them grow and, and continue through their journey. It's right. awesome. Part of, I think, uh, creating passion is learning to compete. And so competitiveness uh, or competitive nature is something that I would say is also a key component of, of becoming the very best player you can be. You know, and I think that not necessarily competitive in the uh, we're going to win the game, but that we're competitive in that we're going to fight to compete and do everything that we can to put ourselves in a position to win. You know, again, looking at a great player like Lisa Fernandez and, and a lot of the other greats that have played, think that they are striving to be in competitive situations. I think that they are pushing themselves to challenge themselves to be in a place where they're going to have to show up and work hard and compete and prove themselves on a regular basis. And it doesn't matter where any of our players that might be listening or coaches of players that uh, are listening, it doesn't matter where they're at now. Even Elisa Fernandez had to go through every stage, right? Of right. Wondering if they can do it and then working hard to prove they can do it and creating the tools that um, are needed to be successful in, in their next outing or event. And it's just a joyful thing to watch. And I, I don't know for sure exactly when this happened in her career, but I've heard her tell a story about you know, early on in her career that I think it you know, was one of the first couple of days that she was pitching in games and she'd been working on pitching and all of a sudden she was out there and it was one of those uh, nuke Lelouch kinds of outings where um, <laughs> probably had you know 15 walks and 15 wild pitches and uh, didn't probably get a you know very many people out. 
and was so discouraged that you know she was talking about quitting pitching and and her family basically laid down the law and said no you need to stick with this uh, until you you know really give it a fair chance i don't think that they really blackmailed her into staying with it but they wanted her to you know to at least stick with it long enough to know for sure that she had given it her best effort you know all of a sudden those uh, 15 walk games turned into 15 strikeout games no i think that's uh that's definitely something that everybody has to work through at some point again it's it's just exciting to watch uh, some of the young players that were around now grow and and create that passion and excitement to compete and play and train and it's it's neat right so so i guess to wrap this whole concept up then from a coaching perspective what do we need to do as coaches if we want to put players in this kind of a position you know we have to reward them and first off we have to challenge them we have to challenge them to you know to be competitive to to be hardworking, but then we need to reinforce and reward the kids that are actually doing those things you know we, we need to um, reinforce the that hard work is a good thing we need to reinforce that being passionate is a good thing we need to create a competitive environment and then reward um, the kids that show that they are going to be competitive and that are going to be that go-getter, you know, 110% kind of player. No, absolutely. For all the players that I've ever come across that I would put in the category of, of amazing or great is that they all have a, a unique story to tell about some type of over-the-top dedication, whether it was hitting every day or whether it was waking up and doing push-ups and sit-ups or pull-ups, or, I mean, they all have some kind of amazing story that, that they can tell about their journey, and it's about the, the dedication piece and, and stick-to-itness. Coaches fall into this all the time of, you know, well, it's not my job to motivate them. It's not my job to instill that in them. Some kids have it and some kids don't, and that's kind of a nice excuse. It's an, it's an easy way to, you know, to dodge the responsibility, but I think we can instill and create an environment um, that encourages and rewards that kind of attitude and that kind of effort. And if we do that, we can, you know, for lack of a nicer way to say it, kind of trick kids into doing things that will ultimately lead them on a successful path. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be their idea 100% at the beginning. But if a player decides that, well, hey, you know, coach pats me on the back and tells me I'm doing great when I do this, or coach ignores yeah. it when I do the exact same thing, well, if, if they're giving us what we want them to give us, if they're doing the things that we want them to do to create this kind of competitive, focused, passionate, hardworking uh, attitude, um, then we've got to keep patting that on the back. We've got to keep rewarding it. We've got to keep making a big deal out of it. You know, and sometimes I think, as I said before, you know, we get so wrapped up in the talent that you know, we, we want to talk about, well, you know, Sally got the big hit. Well, how about we talk about how hard Sally worked or how passionate Sally was, or how competitive she was that put her in a position to have that big hit. It's like she's been hitting at home every day during the quarantine, and she came out, jumped right out, and did a great job. Yeah. Right. And and let that be the cornerstone that we're building on um, so that we can start to instill that same kind of attitude and that same kind of approach in the players that we're working with. And I think if we do that from a coaching perspective, we're going to be a lot further down the road and I think that does everybody get to coach Elisa Fernandez in their career? Of course not. You know, you, know, you and I have been doing this for a very long time, and you know, I've had the good fortune, you know, as, as I said in, in my greatest players ever blog, I've coached you know some amazing softball players, and you have too. Part of the reason that they get there is because they've 
have along the way learned these different traits and these different characteristics that have put them in that position. And so coaches, it's up to us to make sure that we're doing everything we can to instill that same kind of attitude. Well, I think sometimes, Tori, too, our role could be as easy as giving them ideas and, and ways to create uh, you know, those habits that are going to push them to that, that next level or to, to their potential and greatness. Yeah. Well, our, our, our crack research crew, uh, Stan Lewis, just uh, handed me a note here. He did a little uh, instant research. Lisa Fernandez is his first game pitching. You want to guess how many she walked? No, a lot, I'll bet. She walked 20. <laughs> I was going to say 17. I don't yeah, know why. So she walked 20. You want to know what the score of the game was? Uh-oh. They, lo- they lost 28 to nothing. Lisa Fernandez. Wow. So, yeah, so so if uh, if Lisa Fernandez can start off from that point as an as an athlete and become the greatest player of all time, you know, those of us that are uh, out there in the uh, trenches working with our kids, maybe we can start to see that as a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow kind of thing to start chasing after. And if we can instill some of those same kinds of characteristics, uh, who knows what we might end up being able to say someday. That's fabulous. Hopefully, uh, Chad, that answers your question. You know, obviously a lot of the things that we're talking about when we talk about the greatest players ever um, are those innate, not necessarily just the talent aspect kinds of things that put a player in that position. Um, we're all excited you know, when we get to have these kinds of discussions because it kind of makes you think a little bit about what it is that makes certain people so special. And hopefully it gives us some ideas as coaches, as things that we can start to work on with our players, hopefully set them up for that same kind of success. Uh, Don, anything else on the greatest player ever? No, I think that that was an awesome pick. And this was a fun, uh, this was a fun exercise for us. Yeah, I know you all have a list. Let us know who we missed, who the other greatest players are. I know Crystal Bustos and yeah. Michelle Smith and Jenny Finch, on and on and on and on and on. The list will go of people that uh, Stacy Newman and all these greats that we, we should have talked about being as good as Lisa Fernandez. But I think if you ask all of them who's the greatest player ever, they might just agree with us. Right. So contact us at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about uh, our, our choice as the greatest player ever, and let us know what you think. Also, if you have any other suggestions, ideas, or topics that you would like us to talk about, make sure you let us know about those things, and then uh, we'll be happy to add that to the schedule. Um, as we mentioned on the Everything Fast Pitch podcast this week, here in the state of Georgia, we're taking a first small step back towards normal. Uh, they're starting to reopen the state, and Coach Don and I are actually going to be able to start doing some social distance and uh, coronavirus guidelines lessons, and we're excited about getting back to it and working with the kids again. And hopefully that means before you know it, we'll be able to start talking about some stuff that's going on out on the field. This is episode number 31 of Coach Prep for our sponsor, Cleated Up FP. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. 